Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, I am not going to kid anybody. This is a tough fight, but it is a fight that we can win. So that's Bernie Sanders on the Capitol steps last night leading a rally. The fight, it's going to be the fight of a lifetime, fight of a generation. Dick Durbin, a leader in the Senate for the Democrats, said it's better to lose those red states than to let this nominee get through. Meanwhile, over on MSNBC at almost exactly the same time. Now, this is MSNBC, mind you. Brian Williams' lead guest says this about, and this is a guy he teaches at Harvard and Stanford. He's argued before the Supreme Court. Right, SCOTUS blog had this to say about Kavanaugh. Well, you've got to pick who you would have expected to see from any Republican president going into any Republican-controlled Senate. There's nothing remarkably extreme about Judge Kavanaugh, and there's nothing really that Democrats can grab hold of along the lines of, say, abortion that would give them a really good chance of peeling off the one or two votes that they would need in order to stop him. You did see a rush of Republican senators to endorse him and Democratic senators to oppose him. But in general, I think that what the president did is he picked someone who is a really well-known person, has a lot 
lot of very strong credentials, a lot of experience, and is probably going to sail through this process as much as anyone can in this kind of fraught political environment. So, so the fight of our <laughs> lifetime. So I'm a little confused. I just I don't understand where we are on this. That's why we need to talk to an expert. David Drucker is the Washington Examiner's senior political correspondent and joins us now. Hello, David. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? The long knives are out. The are blood they? will be running through the capital. Is it? Will it? I, I think that Bernie Sanders will understandably, you can't sell a fight if you tell uh, your troops you're going to lose. Um, if anybody bothered to pay attention to him saying that they can win, they want to come back to him when they don't and ask what it exactly it was that he was thinking. Unless... Um, we find out something about Kavanaugh that nobody could have possibly known, because as as that uh, clip he played stated, I mean, here is a well-known, savvy insider with an extensive public history and paper trail um, of legal writings and other writings, and just a known quantity. Um, he knows how to do this as much as anybody can, and I think we saw that from his acceptance his acceptance speech, whatever you call it, last night. Um, as he immediately started playing to the women in the audience, and I mean the broader audience of the country. Just I'm sorry, did you say the broads in the audience? The Is... broader audience. <laughs> oh my God, because we won't have <laughs> that here, David. Hashtag me too, David. You your own issue. <laughs> no, you're so right. He was rather skillful and intentional in emphasizing his love of and respect for women, um, and also judicial independence. I thought that was uh, you know, a smart place to go. Yeah, look, judicial independence, by the way, does not mean you know void of all ideology. I mean, clearly the liberals on the court and the conservatives on the court approach uh, legal jurisprudence with a particular bent, how they view the Constitution and, and what it means, and that that is the prism by which they decide cases and, and deliver opinions, both in the majority and in, in dissenting, that end up you know having a huge impact on on the law going forward. Um, and what you have here is a, a decidedly conservative uh, jurist, and that's what, as, as, as the clip said, and this is true, any Republican president would have looked at Kavanaugh as a pick and, and possibly picked him. Um, there is this nothing Trumpy about him, actually. And so, you know, I'd say if you're a, if you're somebody who doesn't like Trump, <clears throat> who worries about Trump's, you know. Uh, fawning over authoritarians and what it might mean for him, uh, you should be glad he's picking some of these conservative judges because they're not going to go along with that. Granted, Kavanaugh has taken an expansive view of executive authority, but within the, the constitutional framework of our government, not you know like Erdogan over in Turkey where he just decides to take power because he wants it. So I, I don't want to be um, on the other side of this trying to build up a fight that doesn't exist. I just want to make sure I understand this. And then if I get the answer that I think I'm going to get, then I will shut up about it for the next however many months. Um, is there going to be a big, giant, nasty fight over an extremist judge? The fight of the Democrats' lives, as several of the leaders have said, Cory Booker, Dick Durbin, Powerful senators have said this is one of the most important things in a generation, or is there not going to be anything? Well, I think you have to, it's not that simple. So I think there is going to be that fight. That doesn't mean... What will it look like? I mean, being on a couple of cable news shows? That that doesn't mean that the outcome of the fight is in doubt. But this, this reminds me in a way of 
once it was clear that Democrats, you know, almost 10 years ago had 60 votes for Obamacare, what became Obamacare, the Republicans put up a tough, aggressive, valiant, whatever you want to call it, fight. They used every trick they could come up with, message-wise, parliamentary tactics on the Senate floor, I mean, any, and anything and everything they could possibly do other than basically overthrowing the president with a military coup. <laughs> and we all knew where it was going to end up, because the Dem- once the Democrats had negotiated among themselves and had their 60 votes, it didn't matter. And so here you're going to see that kind of fight from the Democrats. Their base believes it. Their base demands it. A lot of Democrats themselves believe that Kavanaugh should be blocked. And, you know, you don't come here to do, not do things you believe in. See, I'm not even sure that's true, though. Just just taking in the MSNBC coverage, watching Morning Joe this morning and Brian Williams last night, you know, they're, they're playing to a lot of the base of the Democratic Party, and they're saying, this guy's fine. I think it's just the real fringe. Well, yeah, I, but I think you underestimate how important the so-called fringe is because when you're especially in a midterm environment where you're you need as much of the turnout as you can get Mm. if you send a signal to the base that you're not interested in fighting that as much as they hate donald trump there are many races where they might just decide not to show up and by the way that's why it's easy in a sense for dick durbin to say hey i'm willing to trade in some senate seats to defeat the nominee if they actually for whatever reason were able to peel off some republican votes and defeat Kavanaugh, the Republican base would be so depressed and dispirited that it might actually work out better for a lot of these red state incumbents who are in trouble. Because all of a sudden, Republicans would say, so I'm supposed to go and protect the Senate majority and you know, supposedly make it bigger when you guys can't even, you control all of Congress, you got Trump, and you can't deliver a great judge like Kavanaugh. You guys are worthless. Yeah, I don't know. Or uh, I could see it firing up the base as well, but saying we need more than a, a one-vote uh, majority. David Drucker, senior political correspondent of the Washington Examiner, is on the line. Listen, David, I've assassinated some characters in my day, and I think character assassination is pretty much the only uh, possibility for defeating Kavanaugh. That's going to be taking a few lines from a few decisions or speeches or books or what have you, twisting them, Uh, misinterpreting them, and then shouting how they're proof of something incredibly insidious. Is that going to be the strategy, something like that? Well, that's always the strategy. I mean, how do you think politics is done? Right. You search for anything and everything. Sometimes you get like a jackpot. It's like, wow, look what this guy said. I don't even have to twist that. But, um, yeah, they're going to look for that. They're going to clearly under questioning in, in, in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. They're going to ask them every which way from Sunday about Roe v. Wade and Obamacare and anything else they can do to try and trip him up to say something that he shouldn't have said that they can then go after, you know, go to Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins and anybody else and say, see, 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 this guy's, you know, this guy's nothing but trouble. You have to reject him. I just think that's why that last night, the speech he delivered, was so instructive to me because it's not just that he's an insider, a DC insider. Which everybody, I know it's supposed to make you a bad person, but really it just means you're, you're good at the job you have to do here. He's savvy. He understands the political environment. He understands political communicating. And the confirmation process is a political process. It's process. It is not a legal process. So it's very helpful when you have a nominee that understands um, how to do the confirmation process properly. Because we've seen, especially with some of President Trump's nominees, where there was some insufficient vetting or they weren't up to the job of being grilled by senators and the media, that that can trip you up. 
So, um, on the other side of the aisle, any problem from Republicans? I know Ted Cruz was not a Kavanaugh fan, but uh, didn't John McCain and a few others come out and support last night? I mean, you know, his biggest problem is that that President George W. Bush came out with a glowing endorsement, right? But Trump already knew that that he was a Bushy, so (laughs) that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, Look, I think the focus is going to be on Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins because they have signaled that they're not interested in a Supreme Court justice that would want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, but I, I don't think that they're going to be presented with some sort of irrefutable evidence that that would happen. Right. I think that they both like being in the majority when they matter a lot more. And so I think, you know, you might see some complaining from Rand Paul because he's taken an expansive view of executive authority. Uh, but other than that, I, I think that Republicans, like the Ted Cruz's of the world, whoever their choices were in the final four, there is nothing for them that matters that's not to like about Kavanaugh. David Drucker, senior political correspondent of the Washington Examiner. David, we sure appreciate the time. Well done. Anytime, Dennis. Take Good care. to talk to you. You know, uh, Rand Paul is a hero of mine, but Rand Paul complaining about something is <laughs> no reason to cancel your dinner reservations or, you know, <laughs> bring the kids inside. I mean, just that's his role. He's the conscience <laughs> oh, of libertarianism funny. in right. D.C. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, and, and David made the point, you know, uh, Murkowski... And uh, what's your name? Oh, Susan Collins of Maine. I like your Susan Collins Thank impersonation. Thank you. Um, uh, they're, they're not going to trade in being part of the uh, majority for the thin, 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 thin notion that Kavanaugh will dive in and overturn Roe v. Wade. It's just not true. Yes. There's nothing in his history that would suggest it. Some of my libertarian-style friends, who I won't mention, are, are a little concerned about where Kavanaugh comes down on some of your Fourth Amendment, you know, <laughs> Freedom against the government snooping on you and all that sort of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? As Tim Malloy pointed out last week, this this system we've got now where one of the biggest cases in U.S. history, Roe versus Wade, you can't mention your entire life as a judge if you want to end up on the Supreme Court. Right. Because you have to pretend you have no opinion on it. You've never thought about it. You've never read about it. You haven't come to any conclusion of whether or not it ought to be this way or that way. You have to pretend that. And then we all act like that's, you know, clearly a possibility. <laughs> you went to law school. You're a judge. You've never thought about Roe versus Wade. Not really, no. I've heard of it. I think it has something to do with, was it uh, the Fourth Amendment? Oh, oh, abortion. Oh, that one. Nope, I've heard of it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty silly, but that's what you have to do. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Street lights along the highway. Throwing shadows in the dark. My eight-year-old had a heck of a scooter wreck yesterday in the garage. Or in the shop. Um, riding his scooter, jumping over this ramp we got. Mm. But, uh, so I'm in, what am I doing? Dishes or something like that. And uh, Henry says... I think Sam's screaming. Hmm. I said, I think that's the sheep. Oh. Henry said, The silence of the lambs. (laughs) Henry said, Sheep don't talk. (laughs) It's a good point, son. I said, You're right. 
you're hearing words, that's probably not the sheep. <laughs> so I opened the screen well door. Well reasoned. I opened the screen door and heard the screaming, yes. But wow. Wow. Is he all right? I thought it was just sheep. I'm glad, Henry. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Excellent. Wearing Excellent. a helmet. If he hadn't been wearing a helmet, he might have, you know, it'd have been a bad one. He hit his head on the cement hard. Oh, got to wear a helmet when you're doing the tricks. I'm sure I keep telling him you're doing the tricks and stuff, especially you got to wear a helmet. Right, right. Now, is it like a pre-made ramp you, you purchased or did you yeah, like purchased it? put a, you know, four by eight on some bricks or something? No, they do that. Four too. by eight. That would make a poor ramp. They do that, too. And if, <laughs> Dad, I keep running into the base. Yeah, they, they put some boards up on brick, actually on bricks, yeah. and we're jumping that and had some awful wrecks. Plywood find... on bricks. That's the way I did it. Yeah, yeah. it works. Well, not well. <laughs> so, uh, listen, uh, I have a, a friend who's a great uh, fan of the Detroit Lions. I don't know if he'll be as uh, overjoyed by this as I am, but the Lions won one. Not the Detroit Lions, but the African Lions. Did you hear about that South African Wildlife Reserve? People were sneaking onto it and, and hunting the endangered rhinos because effing, effing idiots in Asia think ground-up rhino horns will make them live longer and have better boners. It is reprehensible. Can't we execute poachers to the point that you're just too scared to even think of doing it? Uh, or something like that. Or can we please donate to the Joe Getty Convince Asians to Quit Grinding Up Various Parts of Various Beasts for Better Boners Fund? God. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they 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 uh, kill these beautiful animals and just chop off their horns. But so this keeps happening. And this uh, a game reserve dude, he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get me a pride of lions. Uh, and turn them loose in my game reserve, and maybe, uh, you know, they'll discourage the poachers. Well, they discouraged the hell out of them, as it turns out. They found three bodies and a bunch of guns. Just uh, part of that guy, a chunk of that guy. Freaking and that good. appears to be a third different dude. And and a bunch of lions laying around and rubbing their bellies. Good. Oh, right. Fifth leg, we got a third person. Right? <laughs> exactly. Do the math. Simple math. Yeah, a high-powered rifle with a silencer, an axe, wire cutters, food supplies for a number of days. I hope it was gruesome. That's what the lions thought when they saw the three of them. Hey, look, food supply for a couple days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Wildlife Reserve's owners became aware something was up when anti-poaching dogs alerted a handler who said, What's up? What's up, dogs? And he went over to investigate it and saw the aforementioned body parts. Anyway, well done, lions. Way to uh, to earn your keep. Well, absolutely. No, Good thank thing you. that uh, Minnesota dentist wasn't there. He'd have shot the lion. Oh, my God. Oh, did you read about the gal who shot the the giraffe? No. Oh, same thing. Posed <laughs> on social media next to a big, beautiful giraffe, smiling ear to ear. How could you possibly shoot a giraffe and enjoy it? Uh, it she got 2,000 pounds of giraffe meat out of it. I, I'll, I'm ne- my whole life, when I was a kid till now, I do not understand the smiling look. I have a giant weapon and killed this animal that's defenseless. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that make me cool and tough? She tracked I've it for ne- days, Jack. I've never understood that. Whether it's you're 18 Hemingway, foot tall. How, how hard is it? Whether you're Hemingway or you're the dentist from Minnesota, I don't understand the joy you take in that. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. Um, squirrels, I get. They dig up the yard. So, moving along little bonus mailbag. A uh, couple of points of view expressed during the show already today. 
immigration, SCOTUS, and mothers. Please enlighten me. Why are most liberals, writes uh, Mike and Roseville, uh, so vehemently outraged at the legality of children being separated from their mothers when illegally crossing the border, yet will picket and protest until they're blue in the face for the Supreme Court's decision to allow children to be separated from, them, from their mothers in the womb? I'm so confused. Okay. That's a common point of view. Dear Big Freedom and Modern Day Greg Luganus. <laughs> is that a shot at my diving? Uh, this is a frequent correspondent, uh, Ryan from Houston, soon to be on vacation in San Jose. Keep us up to date on your movements, Ryan. Uh, I don't get all the uproar caused by Roe versus Wade. I mean, if you have a boat, why would you wait in the water if you can row a boat? But I believe people should be free to wade if they want. Ah, the lighter side of abortion. Thank you for that contribution. P.S. would love to meet you guys and buy you lunch. Even positive, Sean. Uh, no, Ryan, stay away from us. Uh, let's see. No, I, w- I would sup with Ryan from Houston. He's a, uh, he's a fine man. Now, that one's kind of long. Um, actually, Current yes. Gallup poll on Roe versus Wade. Would you like to see the Supreme Court overturn Roe versus Wade? 67 to 29, no. Two-thirds of Americans say no. So it ain't going nowhere. It's just not. Here's where I quibble and say there's no way most Americans know what the ruling said. But then Jack will point out it doesn't matter because it's about politics. So they think what they think. And I'll say, oh, see, we've been doing this show for too long. There's no point in actually doing it. Here's a note from Skyler in Salt Lake. How is it Marshall can spend so much time in an athletic club but only do four push-ups? Just curious. Well, number one, he's never done four push-ups, Skyler. You need Two to, and a half. You need to visit the athletic club he's referencing. Well, it's a social and athletic social club. Social and athletic club. Yes, yes, yes. And your interests run primarily toward the social. Indeed. Correct? Much like collegiate student-athletes, they are students first. Yeah, <laughs> sure <laughs> they are. Right. Well, it's coming up in your news, Marshall. Well, some GOP senators have reservations about Trump's Supreme Court nominee promised full vetting today. Oh, wait, partial vetting? <laughs> Turns out there was no rocket man for the rocket man. And Costco dogs gone. We've got an important update on oh, that story. No. They, oh, no. I need to hear that. Because yeah. the Costco hot dog, $1.50 for a hot dog and a, and a soda is a pretty good deal. And it's a good hot dog. That's Jack's lead story, Marshall. Yeah, I suggest I know, you get I to know, it. I know. Skoda Schmotus. I want to hear about the hot dog. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, and this is a bipartisan comment, by the way. This is this is not picking on one side or the other because they both do it, and it bothers me. So I was watching Senator Chuck Schumer on one of the morning shows a little bit ago saying he's going to fight this nominee with everything he's got. Now, I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't know if that's lawyer speak, if he's being lawyerly, because he is going to fight it with everything he's got. He doesn't have anything. Right. So he'll use that however he can. But but Mitch McConnell's done the same sort of thing at various times. What I hate about it is if you act like everything's a big deal, and we all start to figure out that it's not, when, when it is a big deal, how do you know? Of course. You're absolutely right. We'll have continuing Kavanaughists throughout the morning. <laughs> the SCOTUS pick. Angel or devil? Stay with us. But if you act like the sky is falling and that this is, you know, the president's Hitler and this nominee is the worst thing that's ever happened every single time. Listen, <laughs> I'm a young man. 
I'm still able to to perform my husbandly duties Congrats, on a regular congratulations. basis. I still play music too loud, etc. I'm very youthful. And I've been sick of the phrase, the most important election of our lifetimes, for at least 20 years. Right, yeah. So come on. Yeah. Let's, let's get, start with that. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, and case, then continuing Kavanaugh's. Well, in case you missed the primetime event, President Trump has picked federal appeals court judge Brett Kavanaugh to be the nominee for the Supreme Court seat of retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy. Judge Kavanaugh has impeccable credentials, unsurpassed qualifications, and a proven commitment to equal justice under the law. Now, Kavanaugh telling the nation and the lawmakers who will be voting on his nomination. I believe that an independent judiciary is the crown jewel of our constitutional republic. If confirmed by the Senate, I will keep an open mind in every case. And I will always strive to preserve the Constitution of the United States and the American rule of law. Listen, this is incredibly obvious, but he's a very, very smart guy. And and he really hit the judicial independence theme yesterday because the Democrats are going to try to portray him as Trump's dancing monkey, which, of course, he isn't. Um, That'd be a good show. I'd watch that show. (laughs) Kavanaugh is going to be meeting next. Trump just introduces his dancing monkey. <laughs> Let's the monkey dance every week. Same thing. Kavanaugh is meeting next hour with well, those. Gentlemen, you. No, I will not yield to this monkey court or whatever this thing this is. This is not a monkey court. <laughs> Kavanaugh is going to be meeting next hour with those lawmakers on Capitol Hill. One of them, Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine. Joe she, Susan she, Collins of Maine? I think she's going to speak for herself here, Jack. Said she is. I can speak for myself. <laughs> she said she is going to conduct a careful, thorough vetting of President Trump's nominee. That's going to set up a ferocious uh, confirmation battle with the Democrats. Is are, it? Is who, it? Who are pressuring <laughs> Collins and Republican Lisa Murkowski of Alaska yeah, to oppose right. any nominee who might threaten Roe v. Wade? Yeah, but he doesn't. The, f- the fight can be very vicious. And still be very predictable. It's like the ferocious fight I put up against getting a pug at our house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much sound and fury signifying nothing. Hey, we got some good news out of Thailand this morning, in case you hadn't heard it. The boys' soccer team that's been trapped in that flooded cave along with their coach have now all been rescued. The 12 boys and the coach oh, are thank God. out. What a terrifying circumstance. Yeah, and just the, 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 the darkness and the drowning and the food and... And the one volunteer who died, you know, terrible. Right. Former right. petty officer Salman Gunan, 38-year-old uh, Thai Navy, the equivalent of their Navy SEALs right. who died. I mean, he should be a national hero. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the, the ultimate sacrifice, and he knew it was dangerous. So, yeah, again, his name should be uh, hailed, certainly in Thailand. But, but listen, it is remarkable because right. I've been taking in, well, as I always do, a ton of news coverage. And, and the bitterness in the air, well, you've all seen it. I don't need to describe it to you. But every time everybody turns to the, the, the Thailand boys soccer team, the wild boars in the cave and the rescue effort, and everybody comes together and everybody's rooting and it's a wonderful, happy right. ending. I'm just asking, would it be unethical to say, maybe stick a little league baseball team at the top of a mountain and, and all just, join together so we can come together now right. and then? Right, and rescue them. Just would that be uh, the looks I'm getting? I th- maybe. It's an odd idea. Bit, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I retract it. Maybe of a volleyball team down a well. Just thinking out loud.
right before the election. Right. Just to bring us all together, root for them to get out. Sure. See our common... You, there you go. I like it. All right, this is the lead story for a lot of you out there. Sorry, Costco fans. The company is ditching their traditional Polish hot dog for healthier options. Oh, oh, healthier? Man. Many of healthier the... equals sucky tasting. Many of the company's food courts are making room for items like fruit bowls and organic burgers. Oh. <laughs> Honey, do you want a giant Polish dog or a fruit bowl? Hmm, let me think. Why do you have to get rid of the hot dog to bring in the fruit bowl? Why can't you have both? Well, apparently there's only so much space in the plate. (laughs) Who's ordering a fruit bowl when you can get a hot dog? And they're also adding a plant-based protein salad to their menu. Well, now. A plant-based salad, you say. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's that's a good kind of salad. Really stretching the imagination of food over there at Costco. So, are they feeling pressure from somebody? Because one of the advantages of the hot dogs is, one, you can walk around eating it pretty easily. Two, you're there with your kids and they'll eat a hot dog. My kids aren't going to sit down and eat a salad at Costco while mom's shopping. They just aren't. Well, now, now, I know you're upset. A A lot of people are upset with the Polish dog's exit. There is some good news to this, though. Their original all beef hot dog combo will still be available. So you can still get the hot dog, but not the so- the Polish. That's it. Well, that's an insult to the Polish people. Didn't they suffer enough in World War II? There you now go. this, all right. Now this, it's outrageous. <laughs> Jack, bad parenting on your part. I hate to be so harsh, but man, I remember when my kids were little yeah. and. Daddy, Daddy, can I have another salad? More quinoa, please, Daddy. <laughs> That's what we heard around our house. <laughs> can we have kale for dessert, too? Oh, boy, good times. <laughs> and one final note, the L.A. Lakers made it official yesterday, announcing that LeBron James had indeed signed with the team. They tweeted out a picture of the signing of the contract, $153, $154 million deal with the Lakers. Yeah, they put up a big billboard welcoming him, yeah. com- proclaiming him uh, the king of L.A., it immediately got defaced with graffiti, referring to him as LaFraud and trashing his 3-6 and six record in the NBA Finals. Super on-brand for L.A. just to immediately graffiti <laughs> yeah. up any sort of mural. That yeah. is very on-brand. Good job, L.A. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Stark Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, stay in your lane. Oh, that's right. That is your lane. Joe will be displaying more cabin knowledge throughout the program. Oh, man. Hmm? I have read and digested all 300 of his rulings, that he is, is his decisions that he has written. I will summarize them for you next. What percentage of women don't like their partner wearing a Speedo or don't want their partner to wear a Speedo? Um, I hate to give it away, but... What percentage? Think about it. We'll have that when we come back on the Armstrong and Getty Show. She was 17 and she was... Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Here's a hymn to welcome in the day Heralding a summer's early sway And all the bulbs all They sedated in. those kids before they drug them out of the cave Because it was going to be, uh, they thought that they might flip out from anxiety Yeah, I think they gave them a little Benadryl or something like that, wasn't it? Or I don't know Was it something stronger than that? I don't know Shot of whiskey Man up! I'm 12! <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank God they're out. Everybody's oh, yeah, happy yeah. We have breaking news. Breaking news. Wow, okay. When news breaks, the donkey brays. 
President Trump has pardoned two Oregon cattle ranchers convicted of arson in a case that inspired 2016 armed protests. Dwight and Steve Hammond were convicted in 2012 of intentionally and maliciously setting fires on public lands. Uh, the decision sparked a protest from Ammon Bundy and dozens of others who occupied the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge near the Hammond Ranch in southeastern Oregon. We remember that um, in early 2016. I don't which, remember what I finally determined on that. What did indirectly we ended up with that one old boy getting shot dead. Oh, that that's uh, obviously was not cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? I don't remember observation. I don't remember what I thought of it at the time <sighs> when I was actually paying attention. Cooler heads did not prevail on both sides, I will tell you that. And uh, interestingly enough, I had this other story um, from Salt Lake City um, that a Utah militia leader who tried to blow up a BLM cabin, unoccupied, was released from jail and got probation, partly because he's an old guy in, in bad health, but also the judge seemed to think, here was a guy who engaged in a little loose talk uh, on the internet, and essentially, um, as one of our correspondents put it, the, uh, yeah, here it is, um, saw a quote from um, an attorney that said, of course, the FBI built the bomb, drove Mr. Keebler to the cabin, placed the bomb on the cabin, and handed him the detonator, essentially. Um, and that's always been a troubling aspect of terrorism investigations to me. Somebody says, I tell you what, the U.S. ought to be called to account for what they do to Muslims. And somebody uh, contacts him online. Yeah, I, I'd like to blow stuff up. How about you? And yeah, it goes from there, yeah, and some right, soft head right. ends up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I understand why they do it. I understand how important it is. I understand why it's it's a good thing sometimes. And then, but And then when you announce that you caught a terrorist, how much credit should I give you for stopping a terror act? I don't know if you've ever known any losers who talk big but they're everywhere and yeah anyway a couple of interesting news stories back to back i gotta pay off this poll they ask women what they'd least like to see their dude in okay clothes wise what would they least like to see their dude in i got the top three number three leather pants really no (laughs) wow i got a closet full of them i should ask my wife what about if there's tassels on the sides yeah my wife would laugh so hard if i wore leather pants (laughs) The fringe. Oh, the fringe is key. Number two, wear these with your leather pants. Crocs. Women do not like their Uh dudes in Crocs. Uh Uh-oh. I got a good buddy. Big fan of the Crocs. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. You know who I'm looking at, huh? And number one, 99% of women do not... Anti-Crocists. 99% of women do not want to see their dude in a Speedo. Oh, boy. I'm amazed whenever I see somebody at at the pool. He had his banana hammock at the poo. Uh, wearing a Speedo, because nobody likes that. Nobody likes the looks of that. Nobody wants to see that. Unless who, you're in a swimming... in favor? Unless you're in a swimming competition and you need right. to be aerodynamic. Right, and you have the body of a swimmer. Even then, I don't want to see that. No, I don't need it either. I don't need... No, no, no. <laughs> Sir, nice. put your genitals Man, away. Nice testicles, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a special note there for my leather speedo? Is that wow. somehow oh two my negatives God. make a positive Fully, sort of thing? You got to get it uh, waxed though. <laughs> now my it... wife wants to wear leather pants. Anytime. Yes, dear. Absolutely. I hear they're not. Uh, they don't breathe very well. Hmm. I've never actually donned them. 
You know, I've not worn leather pants. I've done a lot of uh, ridiculous things, but I've not worn leather pants. Early in my rock and roll playing days, I probably considered it, but I was so poor I couldn't have, you know, unless I'd like taken them off a dead guy, there was no way I was going to get a pair of leather pants. But uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, I got to believe that you got to dry clean them fairly regularly or they get a little musky. <laughs> I would say. I would say. <laughs> Speaking of questionable taste, and this certainly is. And we have one of our favorite legal experts coming up with lots of oh, Kavanaugh knowledge. Yes. To, uh, to go over the SCOTUS pick. What does it mean? Generations of effect emanating from Trump's pick. Probably. I think it's as interesting a question. Is he a squish? Is he, a, uh, is he as likely to vote uh, left as right? I think that's as exciting an issue as... He's an extremist. Well, one thing that's certain, it will be misreported. Oh, yeah. What sort of fellow he is and, and what it'll probably mean. Plus, they often turn out to be different than anyone thought. So, Yeah, that's true. There are surprises, although, yeah, okay, I won't get too deep into it, but we do have a fabulous expert coming on at 8.03, and if you stay tuned and listen, you will know a hell of a lot more than your friends, and you can lord it over them. So uh, here's a question for you. Did you uh, collect uh, trading cards as a youth? Absolutely. Baseball, uh, baseball cards. Baseball, basketball, football, that sort of thing. I had baseball cards and football cards. Yeah. Uh, uh, like every young lad in history, I sure wish I'd kept mine because I had some uh, super cool ones. My mom credits baseball cards and comic books with being the motivation for why I wanted to learn how to read. Yeah. So I could look at the back yeah. of baseball cards. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I read a lot of baseball cards. Anyway, um... Uh, apparently now you can get trading cards featuring 69 different Portland strippers. I wonder how they came up with that number. Stripper trading <laughs> cards. <laughs> Seems an odd. Why yeah. would you choose a round number? Yeah, like people 70. love round numbers. Like a 75 50. maybe, yeah. Portland photographer Jason Savage has come up with a way to appreciate uh, Portland's famous and exotic and, and varied strippers. Uh, the uh, idea originally came from some conversations I had with several dancers, he said. I was starting to go to strip clubs after work. I felt work. like they were really into me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They seemed really interested in everything I said. And you'd think, why is this really hot 19-year-old interested in that guy? This huh. is the greatest night of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll date. All those bars I've gone to where women showed no interest. Here, where they're crazy hot and half naked, this is unbelievable. Yeah, so pathetic. <clears throat> As I was saying, I started to go to strip clubs after work at my second shift job because there wasn't much else to do at that hour. What, have you never read a book, sir? Exercise? You went to strip clubs because there was nothing else to do. That's the worst excuse I've ever heard. And I didn't feel like going right home. I began to get to know some of the dancers, and we joked that there were so many strippers in Portland, they should all have their own baseball cards. So now apparently there are. Oh, great! Good gracious, that. Uh, and they chuckled, agreed, and said, "Play another forty-five second song." Yeah, don't don't they all look the same? This is uh, a feller dressed as a gal what? who's now taking off his clothes. So no, they do not all look the same. Well, here's a stripper kind of doing the Rosie the Riveter thing. That's kind of novel and, and and amusing. I like it for the ninety-year-olds who come in. From the WW2 vets. Exactly. Wow, you know what? These pictures are tasteful and artsy. Who wants that? Because I've flipped through them. Mostly. I think she's going to show me her bosoms. That's not artsy, but, you know. Anyway, there you go. Fantastic. So, 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 buy them for your kids. Here's the question. 
do they come with a ridiculously ridiculously stiff piece of pink gum? <laughs> yeah, which is key to the whole oh card thing. Oh, God, I love that gum. Really dry, stiff oh, gum. It took you a while to work her in, you know? My kids, uh, neither one, I don't know if they've ever even seen a comic book. My son reads the graphic novel thing, yeah. or whatever you call them. Oh, I love them. I'm a fan myself. But uh, I don't know if he's ever seen a comic book per se. I've read some uh, graphic novels that were not only uh, really entertaining, but were uh, fabulous art. Mm. I mean, terrific. Mm. Do not scoff at them. Why not? not. I'm going to scoff at them. No, don't. I can't. Well, you shouldn't. So we really like Adam White. He knows a lot about the law. We've had good luck talking to him uh, recently. We're going to talk to him about Kavanaugh, about his Kavanaugh-age, what he knows about the the gentleman. We'll get his Kavanaugh-ages. Yeah. How, how deep do we want to get? How uh, how pointy-headed do we want to get? Every single one of the 300 decisions he's written, top to bottom. Gotcha. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.